on thrillerfix.com. It's the Thriller Fix Book Podcast, a show about mysteries, thrillers, authors, and the stories behind the stories they wrote. My goal when writing a story was to highlight some of the lesser known areas of Paris and in particular its lesser known history. I love stories that teach me something about a place and fuse reality with fiction like I've attempted to do by including the catacombs of Paris here. It's also important to me that readers see a diverse cast of characters in The Missing Sister and for readers to know that my main characters are mixed race and also Americans who find themselves in a foreign environment. So it's kind of that that double other-other situation. And these themes of representation and cultural and self-identity of occupying that space at the other are major ones I really want readers to be aware of. Welcome to the Thriller Fix Book Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and this episode brings in debut author El Mar, who joined me to discuss the story behind the story of her novel, The Missing Sister. El describes herself as an ex-expat, she grew up in California, where she explored SoCal's urban wilderness and then lived in Paris for three years filled with wine, cheese, and study. Elle earned a master's degree from Sorbonne University while overseas and wrote The Missing Sister after she returned to the U.S. This story celebrates a number of diverse facets of Elle's life and outlook and is an incredible harbinger of a long and successful writing career to come. Elle, thank you so much for joining the Thriller Fix Book Podcast. It's an absolute honor to have you here, and I'm so excited to talk about this debut novel. Gavin, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, for readers who don't have the benefit of an advanced copy of The Missing Sister, what do you want them to know about this book? Um, you know, aside from the blurb, uh, this story is at its heart about sisters and sibling relationships and uh family dynamics in general, but uh, all of that thrown against the seediest corners of Paris and with more than one pursuer following my protagonist, Shayna, it's, uh, you know, at its heart designed to be a mental trip to Paris, something I think mm -hmm. a lot of people might appreciate uh, right now, but it's <laughs> <Yes>. not your, <laughs> it's not your TripAdvisor version of the city either. Um, my goal in writing a story was to highlight some of the lesser-known areas of Paris, and in particular, mm -hmm. its lesser-known history. Um, I love stories that teach me something about a place and fuse reality with fiction like I've attempted to do by including the catacombs of Paris here. Um, it's also important to me that readers see a diverse cast of characters in The Missing Sister, and for readers to know that my main characters are mixed race and also Americans who find themselves in a foreign environment. So it's kind of that um, that double other other mm -hmm. um, situation, and these themes of representation and cultural and self identity of occupying that space at the other are major ones I really want readers to be aware of. Now, I understand that there's probably a, a whole lot of overlap between your personal life and personal experiences and all the uh, stories that went into this novel. And so I, I kind of wonder what first inspired you to, to write all this and, and what's kind of the story behind this story? Yeah, I'm, well, I am an ex expat <laughs> to, <laughs> to put it simply. I used to be an expat. I used to live abroad. Um, I lived in France for three years. And uh, when I wrote this story, 
I had just returned from living in France and had just completed my master's from the Sorbonne in Paris. And I, you know, it's very self-serving. I missed Paris. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I missed yeah. um, the city, the culture, the food, the wine, the language, uh, and my friends. So I sat down and started writing one morning and knocked out basically what uh, remained the first chapter of the book uh, that follows a woman as she arrives in Paris, purely because I wanted to stew more in my memories to return to the city in a sense. And then when I got to the end of the chapter, I asked myself what would make me turn the page. And the answer concludes the first chapter of The Missing Sister, the possibility that her sister Angela might not be dead as Shana was told. Yeah, and that was such an incredible, well, first, the, the, you opened this story with such an incredible hook that it grabbed me right away. Oh, and then you. that first plot twist before the end of the first chapter, it absolutely guarantees that I'm going to keep turning the pages as quickly as possible. That uh, is such an effective tool. I love to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> That's definitely my goal. Um, and I, I also really tried in that first chapter to um, distill a sense of the internal conflict for Shana mm-hmm. regarding her relationship with her twin sister, Angela. I'm really intrigued by stories that feature complicated relationships. Um, another big inspiration for me in in writing the story uh, early on was Amanda Knox's experience mm-hmm. in Italy. Yes, yeah. Of her, the question of how might I react in that situation abroad of being imprisoned in another country or being accused of a crime in another country, that question felt so dangerous and also Mm -hmm. so magnetic at the same time that you really can't look away, or at least I couldn't when the events were unfolding at the time. Um, And early drafts of The Missing Sister really explored that question. And I think, you know, that's something that as a, uh, an avid traveler myself, it's something that I, I don't think even as a cop, I had never really worried about until the Amanda Knox trial. And mm-hmm. it, you know, was, I think, the first time that I realized how different the court systems and how different the rules of evidence are and what probable cause and reasonable suspicion mean in these different countries. And, and that my expectations as an American abroad to be treated there like I am treated here uh, may be horribly disappointed. Absolutely. And that's why I think uh, everyone, the collective world, or at least Americans, uh, but Mm -hmm. also the world, like there's a lot of, I think, um, concern globally and interest, intrigue. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that's what felt so horrifying for a lot of Americans and me personally of, uh, you know, outside of the American embassy in any given country, we are um, visitors and we're subject Mm -hmm. to those local rules and restrictions. Um, and there's not necessarily a guarantee of presumed innocent until, um, you know, found guilty. Oof. Mm-hmm. It, um, <laughs> that in particular, I think, to your point, um, was so just uh, uh, gripping mm-hmm. in watching that all unfold. Now, I wonder when you first knew that you wanted to write to be a, a writer, a novelist, and when you first realized you could write something people really wanted to read? I love that distinction. <laughs> <laughs> because they're, those are very two different things, Yes, um, certainly. And I have uh, I've traveled from one end to the other, I think. And um, 
Yeah. I've always been a voracious reader to answer Mm -hmm. your question. And I think, you know, every good writer should be a a very, a very um, hungry reader. And um, I remember sitting in the backseat of my parents' car as a kid and Mm -hmm. lifting up comic books so that the headlights from the car behind us would cast enough light so I could keep reading and I wouldn't have to stop reading. From that end, I think I wrote a, you know, dozens of little journals as a kid um, with half stories that were never finished because no one wants, even as an eight-year-old, I got bored of my own stories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I knew that I wanted to write and I just didn't think writing was something that anyone could just do. It seemed like it required um, intensive study and maybe a master's degree. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly I think that is the path for a lot of people. Uh, But I personally have, never taken a writing class and I didn't major in creative writing in college, but I've always been creative at heart doing a lot of theater mm-hmm. and musicals. Um, I think the second part of your question, when I knew that I could write something that people might mm-hmm. want to read, hopefully, um, <laughs> I did NaNoWriMo for the first mm-hmm. time while living in France, Snowden. And NaNoWriMo is a uh, you know, for those of your listeners that don't know, is National Novel Writing Month, and it occurs in November every year. Um, I just, I tried my hand at it of writing a novel in a month and shared a few of the early pages with um, strangers online, <laughs> since my English-speaking mm-hmm. friends in France were few and far between at that point. And those strangers online didn't hate them, so I, I kept going. Now, I wonder if there were writing mentors along the way who kind of helped hone your craft or your career or helped encourage you to to pursue this. Oh, wow. You know, (laughs) I would love to answer yes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would have made my path so much more, I won't say easier, um, but maybe easier and, and certainly more enriching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have a traditional path to writing, as I, I kind of just uh, said. I didn't have any personal writing mentors who guided me here. I stumbled upon writing novels during NaNoWriMo. Uh, and the people who helped me find my voice were my critique partners and other writers who are working toward their own publishing careers at the time. I will say I also heavily consumed... Stephen mm-hmm. King's memoir on writing. Yes. I think that's a fantastic yeah. work to study and follow along with. Now, I also wonder who some of your favorite writers are. You've already mentioned that you're a, a pretty avid reader. Uh, who are your preferred authors or, or the your favorite series that you like to read? I, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> um, I Just off the top of my head, I think favorite authors to read would be Jillian Flynn, Tana French, Celeste Ng. She's um, an author that I've I've recently gotten into that I really enjoy. And she's not a crime crime fiction or a thriller author, but her work has uh, elements of suspense throughout each of her two books. And then Stephen King. I, I haven't read all of his work but um, I'm a big fan, and I actually discovered him first 
by reading Richard Bachman's The Regulators mm. uh, in the sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> and I distinctly <laughs> remember reading it during, I think, free time in class in sixth grade mm-hmm. and stumbling on a passage uh, that really was pretty horror, <laughs> pretty squarely in the horror genre and thinking, should I be reading this as an 11-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're getting away with something. Exactly, but I was so engrossed, I couldn't, I couldn't not finish it. And then once I realized uh, Richard Bachman was actually Stephen King, I, I got more into his work. But I generally prefer standalone thrillers or stories that could mm-hmm. be classified as probably multi-genre with a bent towards suspense. A lot of the, uh, the, the accolades uh, for The Missing Sister have included a claim around the insight of what it's like to be a twin, and I wonder if that's something personal, if, if you, in fact, are a twin. I am not. I am not. However, I um, have twins run in both sides of my family, mm-hmm. um, so I've grown up with twins, but I would not um, claim to know or be some kind of authority on twins as a whole. Um, which is why I generally try to emphasize the missing sister is about sister relationships, sibling relationships mm-hmm. as a, a, in general. But um, I do have, I do have twins on both sides of my family. And I distinctly recall asking my cousins when we were kids, uh, whether or not they were psychically connected. Yes. <laughs> and um, they said, no. <laughs> they so, lied. <laughs> right. Exactly. They lied. Thank you but that put uh, an end to that line of questioning. Based on that, at least having some, some arm's length relationship with, uh, with, with twins and collaboration, I think we can safely say, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'd like to ask you this last hypothetical, um, kind of uh, effectively based on, on the missing sister. Uh, imagining that your twin has gone missing and is, is now presumed dead and, uh, from a shooting in, in Paris, at her university and you've gone there to resolve some, some legal and personal matters and, and find this coded message that leads you to believe that she's still alive at that moment in what effectively kind of becomes your own personal investigation. Let's say that you have the ability to tap in and bring in a fictional detective or investigator, a PI, an assassin, a revenge artist, anyone you want from the fictional world to come in and help you find your missing sister. Who do you bring in? Hmm. Um, that's an excellent question. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I need, I need brains on my side. Uh, and I'd also like someone to be relatively um, entertaining to bring some levity to that <laughs> very tense situation. Uh, so uh, the first, first character that comes to mind would be Dana Anderson of Kelly Garrett's Detective by Day series. Uh, she is, Dana is smart and would definitely make me laugh and uh, would remind me of home being from California. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd also like, I would need some muscle <laughs> for maybe any hand-to-hand combat situations. Sure. Um, so I would, I would bring in Cotton Malone, I think, of Steve Perfect, Berry's yeah. Cotton Malone series. Um, certainly, he's got uh, a generous background of mm-hmm. uh, knowledge and expertise in hand-to-hand combat, and uh, actually of Paris also, come to think of it, from the Paris Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Um, 
fictional characters. Could I could I bring in a fictional character from a film? Any, anybody you'd like. This is your task force. Hmm. If in that case, I would choose Papillon from the film As Above, So Below, um, a really great horror film about the catacombs. Um, Papillon is the guide that takes uh, researchers into the catacombs hmm. below Paris, and he knows all of the ins and outs and all of the secret entrances into the catacombs. So I think he would be um, a great guide for navigating the city um, when I obviously have a lot on my mind, not necessarily following my GPS in that situation. <laughs> well, I, I think you put together a pretty successful team here. Thank you. <laughs> I would feel uh, less freaked out, I think, with all of those those very handy experts beside me. Well, I greatly appreciate you making time to come on the Thriller Fix book podcast and talk about this debut novel, The Missing Sister. This has been receiving such tremendous accolades, and, and I'm personally loving reading this book. It it has been, uh, as you've mentioned, a, a, a bit of a tour guide uh, for my own experiences from Paris, and, and obviously you've had a, a lot of your own personal experience that you brought out in this. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you saying that. I, I tried to make Paris a character unto itself uh, in mm-hmm. in The Missing Sister, and hopefully that comes across. Um, and it's my pleasure to hear that from uh, people that have actually been there, like yourself, that have also um, a lot of experience abroad, um, say that, that that really means a lot. So thank you. Mm-hmm.